Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raiders, your host, John Mayetta. Visit us online at techtoday.com. Check us out at ceoraider.com. Rate your company, rate your CEO. We are about to hit the publish button on a Tech Today article entitled A Common Sense Approach to Crisis Management, Leveraging a Six-Step Plan. So this comes off of COVID-19 and the fact that 99% of what we're doing is reactionary. So we offer a six-step plan that's sort of a common-sense approach to address these type of crises in a a proactive manner. And this was based off of, if if some of you know the Pareto Principle or better known as the 80-20 rule, it's a rule where you focus your effort around that which matters. So, for example, in the world of M&A, let's say, for example, you're looking at a, a target company and it's a competitive deal and maybe you only have 30 days to complete diligence uh, over an exclusive period, an exclusive negotiation period. And let's say we're talking about a, you know, a reasonable uh, company in terms of size. Let's say it's a you know, couple hundred million bucks. They've got a number of different products that drive revenue. And you don't have time to master everything, obviously, in 30 days. You have limited resources as a as a corp dev M&A team. And so, therefore, you focus on the, the 20% that drives the 80, the old 80-20 rule. So maybe there are two or three products in that target company's portfolio that drive 80% of profitability, 80% of, of revs. And so you focus on that which matters. So if we took that approach with COVID as an example, perhaps we would if we were to do this within the confines of the, the six-step plan, number one would be define the mission. So if the mission is to mitigate the risk of mortality amongst those who are 70 years and older, that, that's the, the target population, if you will, the at-risk group. So how do we keep those people safe without shutting down the economy? So if we were to, number two, focus on that target group, we've defined the target group, now we're going to focus on that target group, we would recommend that those people in the target group, 70 years and older, remain home for the next month. Travel at your own risk. That's our guidance. That's our recommended guidance. It's, it's not a mandate. Right? We're not mandating that they shelter in place. We're providing recommended guidance. Number three, stop the feel-good measures. And what we mean by that is, uh, with respect to social distancing, we were slow to act on social distancing. If you listen to a number of infectious disease experts, they say the time for social distancing was really in early January, that we missed the boat on it, and now it's largely a feel-good measure. So in the case of COVID, just stop it. Let's get back to some level of normalcy. Maybe you don't have the 50,000 person event, but everything else we allow to go back to normal. And then we can do better next time. Should COVID rear its head again next winter, we can take proactive steps around social distancing early, not after the fact, not when it's no longer effective. Number four, and this is probably the most important thing, define a standard operating procedure both at the federal, state, and local levels. So, for example, we need to define and implement 
SOPs to both mitigate the risk of infectious disease, whether it be natural disease or, or weaponized, which is a real risk, by the way. And number two, mobilize healthcare post-infection for those at-risk groups. So these, when we say define these procedures, these need to be, need to be procedures that are written down, unambiguous, uniformly understood, and regularly drilled. Drilled at the government level, drilled in schools, drilled at home. As I say in sports, games are not won on game day. Number five, public-private partnerships. And we're seeing some of this in the, in, the, in the Trump administration. But recruit, for example, recruit the large health care providers and the pharma companies to help lead the effort in number four. All right, so the pharma guys to help develop vaccinations to address uh, the risk of these diseases uh, up front. So have a, a regular R&D program with the top, I don't know, three, half dozen pharmaceutical companies where they're thinking about bleeding edge technologies to mitigate the risk of something like COVID, number one. And then on the healthcare services side, so if you think about uh, you know, Amazon and its, and its Haven healthcare initiative, if you think about Walmart and its clinics, United Health Group, CVS, Caremark, uh, a number of the larger private equity owned neighborhood clinics, work with these folks from a public partner public private partnership with these folks to develop standard operating procedures for mobilizing healthcare once uh, an event does occur so how do we quickly mobilize healthcare and get care to those who most need it and number six uh, taxpayer bailouts we're seeing a, a lot around this where you know the airline industry wants a bailout specific companies like boeing want bailouts a number of other groups want bailouts. Um, and of course, there's a bit of moral hazard. You know, these industries wanted bailouts back in, in 2008 during that downturn. So we have a, a, a few rules for how we would handle a bailout. So in the case of Boeing, as an example, right, they want uh, double-digit billions in the way of a, of a bailout. But meanwhile, over the past number of years, they've spent, I think, 45% of their capital on, on buybacks. Uh, they're paying out a dividend. Boeing was in the news a couple of days ago saying that if they received the bailout, they would consider curtailing their dividend, which is just a joke. Right? So number one, we would force mergers amongst, for example, let's look at the airline industry. If you guys want to bail out, the first thing you're going to do is merge. You're going to figure out how to self-rationalize. Darwinism, survival of the fittest. So maybe you, you force the top three guys to become two or, or something to that effect. But force mergers, and that can provide a bit of a, a buffer. That's, that's prior to receiving a bailout. Number two, uh, th these are some of the specific terms. So if, if you take that action and you agree to merge and you still want a taxpayer handout, I'll call it. I won't call it taxpayer assistance. I'll call it what it is. It's a, it's a handout. The taxpayer is going to get an ROI. So number one, the government, i.e. the taxpayer, is going to take a minimum 50% equity stake and become a senior secured lender. So we're going to be the, the, the top creditor. Number two, all buybacks cease. All dividends cease immediately. 
in number three, and I'm not sure if this happens upon receipt of the bailout or maybe after a 30 or 60 day period, but CEO, CFO steps down. That's automatic. So if you want it, okay, but you lose your job. So that's the, the six step plan. We provide a little more detail in the written article, which you'll be able to read uh, tomorrow on Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern. That's all for now. See you next time.